Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach repping the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience. Wow, we did it. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud. Chris? Man, this is great. Feels good to finally be going with this thing. Welcome to our first podcast. We are here. Mm. Man, how's your day been going, Brian? It's good, but man, first, that intro was fantastic. Yes, it was. Uh, Shout out to Joey Keener. Thanks for that great intro. Whoop, whoop. Sounds great. Thank you very much. I like that little hype. I mean, dang, nine years. We're kind of, we're kind of getting old. All right? Yeah, don't remind <laughs> me, man. Don't remind me. <laughs> cool. Yeah, my weekend was good, Chris. Um, uh, we went down to Tallahassee for a wedding, friend's wedding, and then uh, did some training this Sunday. How was, how was your weekend? Uh, mine wasn't so bad. Uh, watched a lot of football, actually. Uh, coached a little football, and then... Uh, you know, up here in Minnesota, we're starting our off-season training, so it's uh, it's been fun. Got got some indoor uh, training facilities lined up for some training, and um, and actually in Minnesota here, the state playoffs are starting. So uh, it's been fun for me to just watch all the specialists we train uh, and kind of see who makes it and, and just kind of support them along the way. So yeah, you uh, put up a Wally Whopper on that team. St. Thomas put up like ninety something points, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Ninety-seven to zero over St. Oh. Olaf. Ouch, man! A little bit. Crazy. <laughs> well, cool, man. Um, well, uh, some exciting news, real quick, before we get into our fourth down experience, first podcast. Um, found out the gender of our child, our second child tonight. That's awesome, man. What is it? It's officially a boy. Man, congratulations! <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, man. So Corbin will have a little brother. Um, so now I'll be, you know, here soon. Uh. Next six or seven months or so, I'll be joining you with having two children. <laughs> That's great, man. So obviously, most most kids at some point, you know, will become fathers and parents and things like that. Did you have a preference whether it was going to be a boy or a girl? The whole family, we were all leaning towards girl. It would just would have been nice to see just a different flavor and and all that. But one of each. Yeah, you know, but uh, it worked out. Things are good. Exactly. I think in the end, as long as you have a nice, healthy baby, I think that's all that matters. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys. Uh, so this is the Fourth Down Experience, all right, a, po- a podcast de- dedicated and devoted specifically to special teams. Uh, Chris is out of the Midwest, up in Minnesota. I'm down in the southeast in Alabama. We train kickers. We put on camps. We help specialists get to the next level, whether it be college and or pro. And uh, we're doing this podcast. We have uh, several different segments. We got some exciting stuff, Chris. Uh, especially that second segment, huh? Yeah, exactly, man. We have a great first interview lined up here with Mark Lewis, uh, legendary arena kicker out of the Florida area, and we're excited to give him a call here and, and talk to him. He's seems excited for the interview and uh, just a great first guest to have on. So I'm excited for that. Definitely, he is pretty much the Adam Vinatieri of the Arena Football League, decorated career. He's going into his fifth, 15th season 
Uh, he's been the AFL Kicker of the Year. Bunch of accolades. Just make sure you stay tuned here in the next 10 or 15 minutes when we get to him and give him a call. He's actually on standby waiting for us. Uh, so just so you guys know, the first segment of our podcast is devoted to top five special teams plays and or interesting plays uh, from the weekend. However, since this is our first podcast and we finally got through on iTunes, we wanted, All to, right. <laughs> we wanted to highlight a few plays from earlier in the season as well as a couple plays from this past weekend. Uh, so the first one, Chris, what's the what's what's number five? What's number five that we're going to talk about? All right. So what we wanted to do uh, go a little bit in chronological order from earlier in the season until recent. So first one is was kind of a highly debated type of uh, kick here. Uh, Texas Lutheran, a Division three kicker, ended up getting his field goal or extra point blocked. It actually, was eighteen yard field goal. Got it blocked. Re-kicked it as it bounced off the ground, made it through the uprights. Exactly. Amazing. It's just, this made headlines earlier in the year. If you haven't seen it, make sure you follow us on 4th Down Experience Instagram because we're going to be posting a video of this. But basically, it looks like it's a 19 to 20-yard field goal offset. It's a college kicker. The snap gets snapped. The kicker gets, he hits the ball well, and it gets blocked off the edge. It bounces off the kicker, lands in front of him on the ground, and he just kind of kicks like a half volley in soccer, but with a football, hits it over the line, through the goal post, and both referees look at each other. They have a little conversation there, and they put their hands up and say it's good. It's it's incredible. You know, obviously the biggest debate was, is that legal? You know, can you kick it off a of bounce after it hits ground? Absolutely. Because in college football, if the defense blocks a PAT or field goal, they can return it for points. So PAT can be returned for, for a point, and the goal can be returned for, for points as well. All right, so, so Chris, uh, you being a, a special teams guru, uh, not only just kickers and punters and snappers, but just special teams, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, what's your opinion on this? Did you look at the rules? Did you just make a gut feeling? Did you have people ask you? Well, I remember when it happened, I probably had four or five people that sent me that link and said, hey, man, check this out. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's obviously it's a first-time occurrence probably almost anywhere, you know, or at least since YouTube's been around. And so I was just, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I guess I would have counted it as good and fair. In a way, it's almost like a drop kick, although it hits the ground. He kicks it and it hits the ground again. So I guess I would have counted it as fair um, or good. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, here's my thoughts. I think the two officials that are back on the uprights, they had a they had an issue with looking over the line of scrimmage with all the bodies. There's about at least 12 to 13 bodies jumbled up in that line of scrimmage, and they knew that there was some kind of delay. But all they saw was the ball go through the goalposts, and I think they were just kind of forced with an awkward decision of calling it good. I I think it's illegal. I think a drop kick you have to declare that you're doing a drop kick to the referee before you even do it, and you have to drop the ball and it has to touch the ground and then you kick it. As far as block, getting a kick blocked, it hits your body, it hits the ground, and then kicking it again, I don't think that's a legal play, and I just think maybe the refs just made the best decision they could based off what they saw. I think you're right. I think after it's been blocked, technically the play is dead to a point. Well, it can be advanced by the defense as well, but um, yeah, like you said, they just had to make a decision on that spot. You know, There's no instant replay in college football, so... Um, I think they did what they thought was right, and 
made the decision. In the end, it didn't matter. I think the score was like 37 to 0. You know, if you guys want to search that, you can go on YouTube and just type type in kicker attempts field goal twice or Texas Lutheran kicker. Um, it's on YouTube. We're going to put it on our fourth down experience Instagram. Uh, we're going to move on to number four. That was number five earlier on the season. Kind of going even more through the season here. Uh, number four. Uh, I'm going to let Chris talk about this since this is like his home state, and, and I think he potentially knows this kicker as well. Sure. All right, so from the Minnesota area, out of Minnesota State, a transfer kicker, uh, Casey ben- Bednarski, I hope I'm not you know, butchering that too bad, uh, actually transferred to Mankato State this year and um, got the opportunity to kick a 63-yard field goal. Now, coincidentally here, before we were recording this podcast, I was talking to a kicker that uh, happened to be at that game. And it was funny, as he was saying, it was pretty windy out. And they were wondering, as they were going into halftime, if they were maybe going to attempt a long-range field goal. And they gave him that chance, and he booted it. So He's a big um, kicker, man. He It's not like he's a little guy. He, he looks pretty stout. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some size to him here. Um I believe he handles their kicking and punting duties. So, uh, obviously, he put his name on the map and probably a video that will follow him through his, co- his college career. So, kind of a nice benefit for him. A 63 well, yard field goal, Mankato State, right? No, it's Minnesota State. Looks like Minnesota State, but the, it used to be called Mankato State. It kind of goes oh. by two names. It's actually the University of Minnesota, Mankato Man, State, I believe. That's is how like it's three names. Wow. And uh, he just booted. He booted a 63-yard field goal. Ooh, he kind of he kind of false stepped on his jab. Wow, I just noticed that he kind of false stepped on his jab, and he still crushed this thing. Wind or not, it's impressive. Yeah, he did a little false jab step, regained his composure. Still got a pretty good op time, and he kind of crunches a bit. You almost have to kind of crunch and just drive this thing when you're from from 60 plus range, you know. And, Obviously, we don't really teach trying to crunch, and we like the guys standing tall more and be a little more fluid, but sometimes guys kind of crunch as bad as this guy did and just drive their leg and power through it. Yeah, so that's that's incredible. Um, they had like eight yards to spare, too. Yeah, I think that was, yeah, I it was a, it was unbelievable. It's uh, fun to see, obviously, and I'm sure it would have been cool to see that in person as well. Yeah, so Minnesota, Minnesota State kicker Casey Bednarski, boots 63-yard field goal. Check that out. All right, so going into our number three play, again, this is another one that was earlier in the, in the year. This is in the NFL. This is actually a kicker that Coach Hughesby knows, Jake Elliott. Uh, what's your connection with Jake Elliott, the Eagles kicker, Chris? So Jake and I had met when he was in high school, and we had been – uh, just in talks about recruiting and, and training and things like that. And um, back when I back a few years ago, I used to write these Player of the Week uh, blogs, trying to recognize specialists every week. And so he actually in high school happened to kick a game-winning field goal. I think it was on homecoming. And at the time, I felt like we had a fairly good kind of talking relationship going. And so we featured him actually as an out-of-state kicker, and uh, wanted to acknowledge his. his his uh, kick. So, uh, off and on in college, we just stayed in touch, little messages here and there, but that's about it. So, Jake's a great guy, great, great person. Right, you know, and this kick, this is early in the NFL season, guys. So, so the Eagles are playing the Giants. The Giants are 0-2. Eagles are 1-1. All right, you know, so the Eagles are feeling good. They're, they're 500 on the year. This is early. 
All right, it's tied 24-24. There's a Manning, a guy named Manning playing quarterback for the Giants. So <laughs> to, to get this win for the Eagles, if this would be huge for Philly. You know, right now they're killing it in the NFL. This is, you know, seven, eight weeks later on. But for a rookie kicker in Jake Elliott that got drafted, to he got drafted, right? He was drafted, I believe he was with the Bengals, and then he got cut. So this was actually his first game with the team. Wow. Like, like that week. I think he got brought in that week or the week before, but this Liter- was his first game kicking. Literally no one knew his name other than his family in the stands. And he just boots this thing from 61 yards. Just, oh, crushed it. Nice form. And it just sneaks right inside the right upright, and it's good. And they just go wild. Probably one of the best feelings ever to the game winner. I've experienced that twice in my life. Actually, three times in my life, um, professionally and collegially. And uh, for him to just do that, rookie, you know, on just a big stage, Philly over New York, I mean, that's just huge. Yeah, I mean, a rival rivalry game. He basically instantly became a legend just in this first game. Um Great, great, fantastic kick. I mean, anybody would love to kick something 60-plus, and that was that was awesome. So that was our number three play. And, guys, you, you know, we don't want you all to uh, think that we're just heavy field goal kicking. We will be talking about punting, long snapping, special teams in general through, in this podcast. We really hope you guys subscribe to us on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. And also follow us on our Instagram, 4th Down Experience. Um, for those of you that want to follow us on Twitter, uh, Coach Hughesby's Twitter handle is Special Teams FB, and uh, my Twitter is Team Jackson Kick. And we'd love for you guys to tweet us your top five highlights, or even your personal highlight from earlier this year or throughout the season. We'd love to be able to potentially feature it and talk about it in the podcast. Exactly. So pass along anything. Say, hey, Coach, check this out, and we'd love to look at it, and may even talk about it. All right, so we're going to move on to number two. Now we're going to talk about more current things. And as you guys follow us and subscribe to us and like us, hopefully, on this podcast, we will be talking about more current events. So number two and number one. Number two, we're back in the NFL again. Interesting thing happened in this. And if some of you guys that follow Pat McAfee, he did a really awesome video on his Twitter. Uh, God, I love Pat McAfee's videos, don't you, Chris? Yeah, they're great. Funny. Uh, just very unique personality and, and very catchy. Hashtag for the brand. Exactly. And a fellow specialist, as most of you listeners probably know. So anything he does, we support, especially if he's talking about kickers and punters and snappers. Yeah. So what happened in this situation, Matt Overton, the long snapper for the Jaguars, who's a fantastic guy, by the way. I've actually been at a pro free agent tryout with him. Chris, you may have, um, but he's a really good guy. He played for the Colts for several years. He was snapping for the Jags in the game this past weekend, and uh, he got hurt, hurt his shoulder, and a very rare situation happened in the professional ranks, and the backup snapper, which is typically a linebacker, tight end, fullback, D-lineman type, even sometimes... Somebody that probably did it in high school or college. (laughs) Exactly, that that probably only practices it like maybe five to ten times a week, um, had to come in. And really just get the job done. And it, it did create a little bit of issues with the timing on the ops time. You know, typically in the NFL with the big bodies and the quick ops, you want to be at about a 1.2, maybe 1.25 seconds from the live snap, from the snapper to when you physically kick the ball. And uh, this was a kick for, for Josh Lambeau who got cut by 
um, Los Angeles recently in the year, and now he's with the Jaguars, and he has a chance to uh, to, to get revenge, right, Chris? Yes, nothing better than revenge sometimes, especially in sports. And he, he hit the game-tying field goal with the backup snapper. It was a little bit of a high snap, but it was a nice kick. And then here uh, we're showing him do the kick right now. And, I mean, the snap was a little high, a little outside left, but the operation time was, was still good. And actually one of their inside guys on their field goal block team came in and, and got a hand on it. And uh, this thing just floated in and got over the crossbar and in between the two bars and made it. Yeah, well, great kick and great comeback and obviously a confidence booster for the kicker and, and the team. And uh, obviously great to uh, get back and beat one of your former uh, teams as well. I will tell you this one thing, Chris, for those young kickers that are listening or even fathers or, or mo mothers of their kickers, one thing that I really liked about this is sometimes kickers get too focused in on what the football looks like after they kick it. Like, you know, it does, it's not the perfect A ball that's up high with a beautiful rotation and goes through. So it's almost like, okay, it was a crappy kick that got kind of blocked and went in, and they'll just kind of not be in the moment. One thing that I loved about Josh here is even though it got blocked and it still went in and it looked ugly, he completely was in the moment and celebrated like he just hit a 60-yard bomb. Like, he did not care. He made the kick. He got his job done. He did his job and did not care about what anybody thought, where, where a lot of kickers that we've seen at the high school and college ranks, you know, they'll, they'll hit kind of a line drive, and they look pissed, you know, they look upset because their kick didn't look good, you know? Yep. Well, it's kind of fun here, as you watch Josh Lambo celebrate, though, does the little knee slide. I believe he played professional MLS soccer at one point, too, so he's got that background. So went back to his roots on that kick for celebration. Definitely. He kind of almost fell over there, but... But his teammates picked him up, and great celebration. Good good for him. And definitely hope that Matt Overton recovers quickly and smoothly and, and gets back to playing because he's a fantastic snapper. All right, cool. So this leads into our number one special teams play. Since uh, this just happens to be in, again, Minnesota, uh, this thing went viral, Chris. Talk about this. This was like your old team that you were the special teams coordinator for. Yeah, so this was incredible. Um a little bit of back-end story. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that video now. Uh, Maple Grove High School, based out of Maple Grove, Minnesota, uh, actually a school that I was a special teams coordinator for the previous two seasons, had the most miraculous comeback probably ever. And, you know, I'm sure there's been stuff like that that's happened in the past, but I haven't seen it in, in ages. But um, it's the state uh, quarterfinal game, uh, first round of the state, uh, Maple Grove High School playing against uh, St. Michael Albertville, which is actually a team that has been a powerhouse for a while. They, they moved up a class to play with the uh, – in, in more of a competitive bracket uh, for the season. And, and so um, uh, St. Michael Albertville basically was leading 27 to 10 up until about the final minute. 17 minutes – or 17 points, sorry, with one minute left. That's crazy. We'll take you through a little play-by-play -play here. Uh, Maple Grove ends up scoring with about a minute left. Um, you know, they drove down about 70 yards to to score, obviously getting seven points on the board. However, their PAT gets blocked. So it makes you think, okay, so now they're down by, well, it was 17. Now they're down by 11. So that's still a three-score type or well, maybe a three-score type of situation again or two touchdowns again, which makes it 
harder to do with a minute left. So they, their field goal or extra point got blocked. Then they line up for a field goal. It's fairly obvious that they got to do an onside kick. And then they decide to do the surprise onside kick. Sometimes people call it the, the dribble or surprise onside kick, but it's kind of the hot onside kick these days that's fairly easy to do. And if you get good at it, you can recover that ball at about 10 and a half yards. Right. You know, a lot of people call this the middle dribble or they call it a push kick. Uh, surprise onside kick is a little broad because you could do a surprise onside kick anywhere. You go to the left, right, whatever, and different. Um, and this is just different terminologies and different viewpoints. But I would call this a middle dribble where um, basically the, the guys need to make sure they're not off sides, but they still want to be somewhat close to the kicker. And you can see two guys on the left and two guys to the right of the kicker. And they're basically just funneling, you know, within a five-yard width frame. And as soon as that ball either gets to the 10-yard mark, they're either busting out and blocking those guys that are coming at him or they're recovering the ball. And this first one, as he rolls, it looks like the kicker gets in there pretty good, but did he did he recover it or did the guy to the left of him get it? No, I don't believe so. I think he was actually falling on it, and the right number five guy, I think, fell in and, and recovered it. Yeah, I see um, that, yep. And there's yeah, the so kicker right there, nice. So they get the ball back, huh? Down by 11? Yep, down by 11. And it, so, okay, so another quick backstory is I had just – uh, come home from football practice and uh, was thinking about going to this game and it was like 20 degrees out. It was freezing cold out. And so I was like, I'm just going to watch it online. And by the time I got home to, to actually sit down and try to watch it and stream it, it was like the final two minutes of the game. So like literally I was just watching all the best stuff just out of coincidence. But so they got the ball now, 57 seconds left after they recovered the onside kick. And now you're thinking, what are they going to do? I mean, what are the odds that they that they can do it. And so, first play, almost do like a quarterback rollout, um, hits the receiver about 20 yards downfield, and I think typically this type of play is the guy catches the ball quickly, runs out of bounds to stop the clock. And I'm guessing the, the receiver, I think it's Joel Raymond, turns up field, realizes there's nobody next to him, and then runs down the field for 49 yards for a quick touchdown. Yeah, he's flying. Basically taking like three seconds off the clock. Gosh. So, literally... 10 about 15 seconds before this they were down by 17 points and now they're down by it looks like five points yep yeah down by 11 then they score six then they go for two and then don't get it okay so they're so, down by five so down by five so what do you gotta do i mean there's 50 seconds left again and uh so here, gotta get that touchdown somehow here's the crazy thing okay so what most teams do and maybe i'm wrong here but you know, you do one onside kick, whether you get it or you don't, depending on the onside kick, and then now you have to do another onside kick. And, you know, some coaches will be like, all right, well, let's go to our next our next onside kick in our toolbox, you know. But it, it appears that Maple Grove was like, hey, we did so good on the first middle dribble, let's just do it again. Yep. Which obviously they decided to do. Now this one uh, continued to have a nice slow roll, and – what it allowed Maple Grove to do was get across the line and almost box out the defender or box out the front line. And as that ball rolled in, everybody was able to jump on it is what it looks like. Look at number four. Number four just pile drives this guy at midfield and just crushes him. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then uh, the kicker kind of just – he kind of puts his butt back to kind of help push anything. And then one of the other guys just follows up and gets it yep. right at 11 yards. Wow. Yep. So then they get it again, they drive down, and 
then what happens, they complete like a 30-yard pass, and the receiver again, I think same guy, uh, Joe Raymond, just catches him, just a miraculous one-handed catch while there's a defender basically glued to his body. Catches it at the one-yard line, and really sets him up for with about, I think about seven seconds left uh, for just a one-yard touchdown. And even that play was incredible, too. They almost did like a misdirection. The whole defense bid on it, and the dude just, the, the, the running back, Evan Hall, I believe his name is, and just just watched right in. It was incredible. Still is incredible. Win the game, down 17 points with a minute left, and they win the game, and, and they're in the playoffs still still going, right? Yep, semifinals. So obviously got to get a, a little shout-out to the kicker since this is a special teams uh, podcast. So uh, nice job, Andy Peterson, successfully uh getting two surprise onside kicks or middle dribble kicks. So great job right there. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's our top five for our first podcast. Uh, we love for you guys to submit any awesome videos to us, uh, whether it be, you know, maybe earlier in the season or, or, you know, more so current. Even if you're if your season ended and you're into training and different things like that, if you do a cool video or whatever, submit it to us. Uh, whether you want to hit us up on Twitter, uh, Chris is Special Teams FB. I'm Team Jackson Kick on Twitter. Uh, you could also send us a DM at Fourth Down Experience on Instagram. We're there as well. But we are gonna. Um, we have Mark on the line. Actually, uh, he's on hold. We just got him on just a second ago. Uh, so we're actually gonna be feeding into our next segment. Uh, Chris, are you ready for this next segment? Man, I'm excited. So, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's connect here with Mark here. So, all right, here we you, go. You got him on the other line. Yep. Uh, let's cue him in. And joining us now, special guest appearance, first time we've had an actual special guest on the 4th Down podcast, is an actual professional football kicker. He started his career in 2004 with Detroit Fury, then went to Vegas in 05, then jumped up to Columbus in 06, Austin Wranglers in 07, back to Columbus in 08, and 09 dealt with the strike year, which we'll talk about that, 2010 with the Dallas Vigilantes. And then was with Orlando for several years. He is the most decorated arena kicker out there. Give it up for Mark Lewis. <laughs> What's hey, up, Brian? What's up, Mark? <laughs> doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, how's life treating you? Just doing good, man. That was a long list you had there. I know. I could have just kept on going, huh, Chris? You could have, but... Uh... He's got history behind his, his legacy there. Yeah, so Mark's down uh, down in Florida, and, and I'm actually in Alabama, and uh, I think Chris is probably jealous of, of both of us, huh, Mark? Yeah, he's up there in the cold, huh? Yes, I am. Although we had highs of 39 today. Uh, Football practice, I uh, went out without my jacket, so that's how warm it was. A little heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mark, just kind of, um, you know, I, I know I talked a little bit there about you just uh maybe just tell our viewers our, our one and a half viewers probably listening uh <laughs> just tell us a little bit about yourself kind of where you're located at and and you know about your your kicking business etc yeah uh i'm mark lewis kicking uh based out of uh central florida mainly orlando area um started out uh probably like six years ago training kickers on this uh off season doing things like that but uh, just loving every minute of it and uh, enjoying it. Nice, nice. Uh, so I know um, 
I know we have a few questions we want to interview you here. So again, you know, this is our first time we've interviewed a special guest here on the Fourth Down Experience podcast. Technically, this is our second episode, but it's our first real episode, right, Chris? That's right. Yeah, yep. So uh, I know you had a list of questions, Chris. Uh, Mark, by the way, Chris had like 27 <coughs> questions, and I had to like narrow it down to like eight. <laughs> hey, I just want to know more about you, Mark, and I know our – our listeners want to know more about you, so I feel like we're on. We're on like what was a. Interesting, Mark. Was uh, I happen to watch your kicker video that just came out recently, where they were highlighting a number of arena kickers and learn more about you, even though I've known you for a little while. But um, what I found interesting was just you have kind of an atypical story of how you became a kicker. Do you mind sharing kind of how you went about that and, and what what drew you to, to becoming a kicker? Yeah, I, I took a different path than most, but uh, started out playing no college football, uh, not one kick, not one down, um, and then I started out as a fan first. Um, a friend of mine received two free tickets to the Orlando Predators game, and I just went there, and I, I just saw the, the action that it provided and um, just fell in love with the game, and then I just started pursuing it that way. Nice. So... Uh... You've obviously been in arena for a while. How many years exactly have you played? Uh, this is going on 14, 14 years I've played. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Um, but here, here's an interesting question, Mark, though. Have you won a championship? Negative. Oh! Still in pursuit of the championship ring. <laughs> so it's like, just out of curiosity, does that, that, does that like motivate you to keep you going? Oh, for sure. Uh, that's one of the, the list uh, things I had on my list starting uh, starting out was getting a ring, and um, yeah, I'm still in the hunt for it. So. Yeah, you know, some people argue that you're like the Adam Vinatieri of the arena leagues. You know, you have the record for most extra points made on nine foot posts in the arena leagues. Uh, you're thirteenth in the league for scoring, is what I see here on the stats. And uh, you've been a – it looks like you've been a three-time All-Arena selection. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Got cool. Arena Kicker of the Year and then a couple second teams. And what's the, the most interesting thing here is the picture. Chris, who, who does he look like? <laughs> First thing I ever noticed, Mark, when I met you, man, you look just like Jason Kidd. And that guy was a legendary basketball player that I grew up watching. Yeah, How often I, I do you hear about that? Because well, it's got to come out more I, I than once. I think we have the same birthday. I'm not, or it's like a day apart. But uh, I, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Wow, Chris. How it, often do people bring that up to you? Does it happen a lot? Um, it, it's it's pretty much every day. Uh, you know, I go to a gas station. So and so just turn back and look, and you'll get that second double take. But uh, it's it's hard to go into the mall. You know, you go into the shoe stores and, and things like that, and people always ask you. Mark, uh, do you have a March birthday? Yeah, March 25th. All right, so Jason Kidd is March 23rd. 23rd, yeah. That's close enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I think the cool thing is his kid was, uh, you know, shoot, he could score, he could shoot, but he was also really good at assists. And if you look yeah. at if you look at onside kicks where, you know, when we're kicking and stuff like that, especially what you've done, Mark, from the beginning of your career throughout even presently, you know, you're the man when it comes to onside kicks with those assists. Talk about um, the onside kicks that you do. Oh, man, uh, I, I love it. I love doing them. Uh, it's just uh, there's just so many things I can do with that ball. 
but um, there's probably about honestly 12 to 13 kicks that I can do from anywhere on the field. So it just adds a lot to your repertoire and, um, you know, just spends extra time for the opposing team to study film and to do things like that special team wise. So it's an advantage for me for sure. So when you're, when the coach says, Hey, we need an onside kick, do they call the onside kick for you? Or do you say, Hey coach, I'm going to do. We, we go into a game dribbles. with uh, probably like two or three that I've, you know, kind of handpicked for this particular team. I do a lot of film studies, breaking down their return, who's bailing, who's leaving early, and kind of get creative and trying to get numbers to a particular side and, and just try to take advantage of that. But uh, I just kind of know what they're going to do before they do it, and I kind of just disguise it the best I can to deliver the best kick. Nice. That's awesome. So describe your favorite onside kick. Man, uh, I got a bunch. I got one in the bag that I haven't used in a while. But uh, I like that one a lot. But I'm going to keep it on the, the low key on yep. that. But I, I like just the, the high hop. And I, I like the, the backside too a lot. Yeah, there was also a lot of bar balls in, in the arena ball. And, and for the viewers that are listening, you know, I played a little bit as well. And the guy that I looked up to arena-wise was actually Mark. And uh, we didn't really know each other and until a few years of playing. I was in the arena too for a little bit. And uh, one thing that I noticed playing against him was our returner was always worried about um, you hitting the bar ball. So maybe for viewers that don't know much about arena ball, explain what I'm talking about there and and, and what you're aiming at, etc. Yeah, so um, the uprights and the net system are hanging up there. And then when they tie the net to the bars, the net actually becomes part of the play too because it gets real tight around the bars. And also the bars will automatically send that ball flying different directions and things like that. But that's something that I, I, I try to do. I try to either hit the slack net or throw a ball down in around that net area, bar area, just to, you know, just creating turnovers and, and uh, changing the game. Yeah, so, so for those listening, you know, as soon as uh, we score a touchdown and, and attempt the extra point, we're then hitting a kickoff, and it's arguably, uh, let's say, 60, is it like 63 to 66 yards to hit the bottom bar? Yeah, 65, yeah. Right, and so to hit the top of the net, you probably have to hit it at least 77, 78 yards. Yeah. I would assume, which which you can do, and it's almost like you have to hit your 60%, 70% swing to, to place it on the bars to, to create havoc and, and get a live ball back. Yeah, our, our league's all about the hang time because the nets are set up right there, so you can't, you know, there's no extra, you know, points for hitting it beyond that, so it's just hitting it and getting it down. So the more you can hang it up there, and cause that return to bobble and slow them down a little bit, your guys are getting down the field and changing the field position. Nice. Uh, one of the questions that Chris has here uh, that I want to intervene with, um, it's interesting because you were a guy that played soccer for most of your career and then you um, got into playing college, kind of playing college soccer and then ventured into to playing professional football. So, you know, I would, I would assume maybe it's a bad assumption on my part that that you didn't have an idol uh, as far as a kicker-wise when you were in high school maybe, but if you did, um, whether it was in high school or after you started your pro career, was there a certain kicker or someone that you looked up to? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I looked up to Adam Vinatieri. Um, the guy, uh, I was down, in, down at FIU going to school down there, down in Miami, and I um, 
wanted to pursue kicking, so I found uh, the kicking coach at the time was Doug Blevins with the Miami Dolphins, and uh, I worked with him, trained with him, and uh, he, he was the one that kind of helped Adam out. So I had a lot of film of Adam kicking. So I would sit there and, and see his swing, see his practice, and and just go through those those motions. And uh, he's somebody that I idolized uh, after um, college, and and seeing him kick those. Uh, game-winning field goals in the Super Bowl, that's just added to it. So he, he's one of my top guys for sure. Oh, that's great. Oh, obviously, I think we all like Vinatieri. Uh, on my end, I grew up, I idolized Gary Anderson. He was the guy that I looked up to and was fortunate uh, enough to meet him a few times and, and, and got a training session with him when he was with the Vikings. So uh, I kind of know that oh, feeling of that guy yeah, you look up to. Legend, man. He, he's, he's another legend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one question I have for you, and, and this kind of stems from just the years I've known Brian, and then when we all get together at kicking camps, and there's camp instructors that have played arena ball too. One thing I just love hearing is the weird intricacies of arena ball, but just the different types of stadium arenas you guys play in and how you got to kick under things or around things and, and all that stuff. Um, would love to hear kind of, your favorite, you know, just have you talk about kind of the arenas that you played in, what you like, what you didn't like, and just what's some interesting nuances that, that come with the game of playing arena football. Yeah, um, I actually like the crowd, you know, hostile environments. I like it when the, cl- the, the crowd gets loud, screaming, and yeah, it just, it's just gets in my blood, and I just get pumped up, and I, I just like those environments. I remember playing uh, – you know, obviously in Orlando and Tampa, but Spokane, uh, they had a, a real good crowd that just rocked the house. Um, but yeah, you run into some weird things, low scoreboards, uh, things like that, that you got to kind of play around. But uh, all in all, I, I like them all. They're all they're all good. I got to play in the Staples Center out in uh, L.A. So I, I've been around a little bit, so I've seen a few. Nice. If you could, uh, if we had one kicker listening. Um, that was, you know, listening to this podcast to, to just try to learn something, you know, technique-wise, uh, what would be your piece of advice? Um, you know, just to live in the now. You know, don't worry about things that happen to you and don't look too far in the future um, and just, just see a ball kick a ball. You know, don't worry about things that you can't control, whether it's a bad snap, um, bad hold. You know, at the high school level, you go through a lot of those. But just kind of don't worry about things that you can't control and um, just to never quit and just to keep on going and just uh, keep on doing. Well, that's great advice. That's good. So I wanted to ask you a little fun question. Uh, I always get a kick out of this when I'm talking to people that play at the professional level, but um, over your playing days, is there like a big-name athlete you ever went against or, 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 or had as a teammate that everybody um, would kind of know about? Yeah, uh, a couple of arena guys, uh, Aaron Garcia, quarterback, um, another legend. Uh, I, when I first got in the league with uh, Las Vegas, I played with Clint Dozell, who is now the Philadelphia Soul head coach. Uh, played with Chris Leak. Uh, Matt Nagy was another good quarterback that I played with up in Columbus. Now he's with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on their coaching staff. So, um but I, I played for uh, Deion Sanders. He was one of the owners uh, for the Austin Wranglers. And, of course, Derek Brooks with the Tampa Bay Storm. Nice. Did you, ever, did you ever play against Kurt Warner? 
No, he, he, he was a little bit before my time. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because I remember growing up as a teenager, you know, being like, man, Kurt Warner's like killing it in the arena leagues. And then, and then I did he... play against Barry Wagner, though. Nice. Awesome. Um, so, you know, so you're also a kicking coach. You know, you've, you've, I mean, we, we know this, Chris and I do, um, other people may or may not, but you've attended a, a few of our camps and, and coached with us and, and the kids love you, you know, so, um, just kind of, again, just talk about your, your business, you know, kind of where you're located at and, and, uh, who you train, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I'm out of Orlando, Florida. Uh, I kind of work out of Oviedo High School. I'm kind of their special teams coach there for them, working with their kickers, punters, and their snappers. So I enjoy doing that. Uh, Will William Prescott, he's my punter, senior punter. He has a lot of offers. Uh, I think he m- might want to stay home, UCF, or he might go somewhere else. I don't know yet. But uh, he, he's got um, all-conference. Young kicker at Oviedo, E.J. Woodard. Uh, I mean, this kid's something special man um but he, he can kick off the ground 50 plus yards so I'm, I'm stoked to see him his senior year next year well, that's great awesome. how's the uh so how's the uh, high school team doing the one that you coach for uh they're young team man they're, they're they're scrappers they they have a never quit never die mentality you know um it seems like we're always outsized and uh, but we bring the fight to them and uh they fight to the very end. There's been so many games that we've come back from 20 points down, 14, you know, down and fight back and get back in it and end up winning. So uh, we ended up six and four, didn't make the playoffs, but um, got a young team. So we're looking forward to next year. That's great. Before, That's great. I... Before we wrap it up, I got one more question. It just kind of just hit me. And I remember when I went down there to, to work with, not work with you, uh, but to, to do a camp with you, Mark. Yeah. We uh, we went and kicked with, at the time, was the actual Central Florida kicker. Everyone knows him as destroying, you know, Donald De La Hay, you know, and then we we did a little trick shot video, the three of us, and you and I kind of gave him a couple tips, and which was a fun time. And then, you know, the, the next couple of months, uh, it was evident that you were working with him, whether it'd be training with him, getting some training in yourself because you're getting ready for the league. Uh Kind of, t- kind of talk about you know your what's your opinion about everything with destroying? Yeah, um, I enjoyed working with him. I had fun doing what we were doing. Um, I got my work in, and I, I kind of showed him some things with the onside kick, uh, kind of things that helped me out with my accuracy and things like that. But you know, he, he's his own guy. You know, from the day one since I met him, he he wanted to do the vlogging and wanted to do uh, the YouTube stuff. So I I don't you know, correct, discredit him for doing what he wants to do. Um, but yeah. Right. You know, cause I mean, the thing is, is he's killing it on YouTube. He's got like 313,000 subscribers, which is amazing on YouTube just in general, let alone in a, I don't even know if it's been a one year time frame for him, but, um, you're right. I mean, just from the day I got to be with him and you, he was stoked. He had like three different cameras on us. We didn't even have to worry about, what kind of setting you and I could just do onside kicks or trick shots. I mean, it didn't matter. Right. Yeah. I, I, it was fun. Cause I asked him, I said, do you have any aspirations to try to end up? He goes, yeah, but you know, since I was 13, I always did, always had a camera around me. I always did that type of thing. So he, he's been YouTubing for, for a while now. You know, that but, onside kick uh, that you hit from the ground 
up into the stairwell in the trash can. A, it was like one of the dopest trick shots I've ever seen. And you did yeah. it in like five minutes. And I think you actually made it without the camera on before. Right, right. And, and no, the, I'm not for the one and done. <laughs> and then, but it just looks so much cooler with, with his camera and the way he edited it, you know. And hopefully we can we can play that video as we're talking about it. But, uh, you know, uh, good for him. And, and that was pretty cool yeah. that you were able to work with him, you know. Yeah. Chris, what's your thoughts about destroying? I... I think it's great. You know, obviously, I've, on my end, I was a supporter of him. You know, going to go, you know, just finish out his football career and then go on and do the, the video blogging thing. And but you know, he made his decision and uh, he's doing well with it. You know, he can't can't fault him for that. And I think he's happy with all the doors that have opened for him. And um, yeah, it looks like he's been with Marquette King like two or three times. He's gone over to London for an NFL game. You know, yeah. I think Whistle Sports. You know, covered. Yeah. Those things, or even Yahoo Sports. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I think he went up to the CFL as well. Yeah, he did. This the Sasquatch and Rough Riders, or something like that. You know, so he's getting brand deals. You know, what's what's cool about this is like it's it's another kicker, right? It's another fellow member in the fraternity that's killing it, and he's doing doing what he loves. And and the cool thing was is he was right there with you, uh, learning some things about onside kicks and accuracy and standing more tall. I, I remember you coaching him up and that was just kind of a cool experience yeah he's a he's a phenomenal athlete i mean that kid is super athletic super fast uh you know i can't kick and do a flip so uh <laughs> I, my hat's off to him but he, he has an amazing leg and uh i wish he would have done a little bit more with it but you know that's what he wants to do so cool cool well hey so um i know chris and i both uh, are going to see you soon at a camp coming up up in mississippi for these high school kids but what we uh hope for the most is is that everything goes well with uh the next baby right yeah i, I got one january 14th is the due date awesome so we're hoping that all goes well with the wifey and and the baby yeah. comes along well and and then uh, obviously getting into your would it be your 14th season uh four, i got 14 under my belt so this will be your 15th season Holy smoke. So, you know, Chris and I both uh, hope that you go and you play and, and play with health, good health, and, and also um, vie for that championship ring. Thank you, man. I enjoy talking to you guys, man. Best. Yeah, man, thanks for joining us in our first ever podcast. We are really excited and happy to have you with us. All right. Thank you, Chris. Peace out, guys. All right, next going on our next segment, which will be feedback and guidance from the kicking industry gurus, both Chris and I. Man, that was great. Uh, thanks again, Mark, for uh, the great interview, man. That was really fun to catch up and just learn a little bit more about you. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love just hearing more about you and even just learning about uh, arena football, man. That's uh, that's great. And he's a legend, man. I mean, just the, some of the stuff he said. I mean, just if there were any young kickers out there, even guys that are interested in arena or just kicking professionally, you know, I hope they rewind that and, and listen to that again because just some of the stuff he, he said was fantastic. Yep. You know, and the nice thing for arena football, we all know it's hard to make it into the league, you know, the NFL and the CFL. And, you know, arenas is a nice way to have a little bit of a career. And I mean, you had a, what, nine-year, ten-year career doing it yourself. And Yeah, I tell it, you, man, I, I learned a lot about character not only in college football, as you did, um, but, man, arena football, that'll put some hair in your chest. You know, you got to kick between nine-foot posts, 
you know, um, if it's typically a 63-56 game. So if you didn't make your one pad out of your nine and, and the other guy did, then you're kind of like looked at like, hey, why'd you miss your extra point? We lost, you know, and even kickoffs, they're, they're scary. I mean, you're, there's only eight guys. So, you know, when you're kicking off, if, if they get past, if the returner gets past that first thread, you, you better be getting your nose in there. And, and Mark does a good job of that. And, uh, yeah. Did you ever uh, play against him in your year? I of, did. I played against him once when I was playing for the Alabama Vipers. And the Orlando Predators came up to Huntsville. And what was so funny about it is I actually had like six onside kick attempts and we recovered four. So what's so funny about that is, is Mark is like the onside kick legend, but he was like a guy that I looked up to when I was getting into arena ball. So I would like study his film on his onside kicks and it just happened to work out where I did some onside kicks and we ended up winning that game uh, too. That's and, awesome. and I went up to him and I was nervous and like, we just shook hands and I said, Hey, but then, you know, it's funny, like two or three years later, we're like kicking coach buds and he's part of our, you know, our camps and all that. Yeah. It'd be, you know, that, that reminds me, and maybe this should be a question uh, that we post on Twitter, but how many kickers out there, either in pregame or halftime or postgame, say hi to the other kicker on the other team? It'd be kind of interesting to hear from our listeners uh, who does that, because I used to try to say hi to guys if I felt like I kind of knew them or they looked kind of friendly to me, but yeah. we'd, love, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys if you were somebody that, that conversed with the other kicker. Yeah, tweet us at Special Teams FB and Team Jackson Kick. And uh, let us know what your interaction is uh, with the other specialists. One thing that I want to talk about about this, just, you know, we're going to talk about this real quick. And here, here's my opinion. And, and, you know, I'm passionate about my opinion and all that. And I do respect others' opinions. It's just, you know, I, I've noticed something. You know, when I've been around kickers during games, okay, and let's just say it's 7-6, it's to six, all right? We're up 7-6, and the other kicker's about to go kick the extra point. Let's just say there's four minutes left in the game, Okay. And I wonder if you've witnessed this, too, with your kickers, uh, Chris, both college and high school level, um, and even guys who got in an arena in the next level, is uh, when kickers, like, hope that the other kicker misses the kick. Has that ever happened to you, like, as a coach? Well, I think as a player, I think obviously I'd want them to miss, and I think I did back in the day. But when I coached at the high school level for six years, um, there was a lot of times where the team we would play, probably seven out of those ten games. I'm sorry, we have there's eight games, so probably six out of those eight games. <laughs> they were, were your guys that I trained. <laughs> we went up against. So I'd always tell the kickers, "Hey, good luck in the kicking game." And that was kind of like my words of encouragement to the other kicker. But yep. I was sort of I always wanted them to make the kick, you know. Uh, but I remember there was one one game where the kicker had a chance for a game winner, and I think. It was like the only time I wished against the kicker because I was like, man, I want us to win over that yeah, kick. So. You know, I think there are certain situations where you're like, okay, I really don't want this guy to make it. We're about to win a, a conference championship, block this kick. But I think for me personally, and, and I don't remember which older kicker or punter told me this, but I remember just, I think it was early in my Ball State career. It may have been Reggie Hodges, who was uh, an NFL punter, and he was my holder at Ball State. I think he had told me, like, that's karma, man. you got to just – Watch out for that because you're sitting there talking bad about that kicker, wanting him to miss, and the next thing you know, karma's going to come back. And it was like it hit me. So from then on, I would like actually internally, you know, I wouldn't say it out loud because I didn't want to get killed on the sideline by teammates, but I would just be like, you know, I don't want, you know, 
I, ho- I wish the best for this guy. You know, I but um, you know, an arena ball as well, like arena especially. You know, unless we were, it was like a conference champion, a conference game or semifinals or the championship game. No, we're. I want you to miss it. I want you to get blocked. But for the most part, I was like, hey, this karma's gonna come back to me. And so I, I just, you know, if there's any kickers out there, maybe just rethink, you know, hoping that your buddy over on the sideline just completely shanks it and it's the first first kick of the game, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, so, so guys, this is our third segment segment of our podcast, the fourth down experience, and this is basically industry advice or, in layman's term, we want to be able to give you some tips, some advice. Uh, we get a lot of direct messages on Instagram. Uh, we get a lot of guys that text us, and it's how can we get stronger? How can we get recruiting our name out there? You know, uh, what's my form look like, coach? This is the segment that we'll do once a week. And if you feel want to tweet us or send us um, DMs on social media, you know, hit us up on Special Teams FB or Team Jackson Kick, and and as well as Fourth Down Experience. Send us your messages on this segment. Yeah, this one I. I really look forward to this part of the segment as well, and I think I will be for a while, and and I think Brian will too, and I think it stems from, at least when I reflect over my, my years coaching and why I got into coaching, and it was to pass along the knowledge and the things that, that I learned, and I know Brian feels the same way, the things we learned in our journey to try to pursue the league or the NFL and or arena football. Um, and we want to give that feedback back to the kids and the tr- kids we train so that hopefully they get to those steps quicker than we did. And sometimes we had bumps in the road, and we want to give that feedback back to you guys so that you don't experience some of those downs that we did. So uh, I'm, re- you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, this topic and, and these discussion points and really help you guys out and get to those, those points that you really want to get to. And so, um, so the topic we chose for the very first uh, – podcast here is right now you know pretty much i think any high school team out there is in playoffs right now either they're finishing up section playoffs or they're starting state um and i think even some schools in the south just started the playoffs but at least up here in minnesota it's now progressed to the semifinals of of state so the topic we just want to talk about is is what's next you know you're in season what do i do now for these final you know playoff weeks and then or you're out of season because your team lost what do i do next so we just wanted to cover the in-season part first and then obviously follow up with the with the guys that aren't playing anymore so so brian as, as some of these kickers punters and snappers are in season their team keeps progressing down the playoffs um what do you recommend to these guys to just stay fresh and to keep their mind right and things like that right because you know so what what these guys do is they look at their buddies instagrams or their twitter right or their or their snapchat each other and they're like, man, he his, his his season ended last week, and he already transitioned back to the ground, and he's going to XYZ camp, and man, I really wish I was doing that. If you guys are still in the playoffs, your only focus should be watching your rep count. It's late in the year. You need to modify reps. I'd probably only be 40 or 50 reps on Monday and Tuesday, down to 30 or 20 on you know Wednesday Thursday and then be ready to kick and, and get your team to advance to the next level to go win that championship that's what I would tell these guys let recruiting and all that come come a little afterwards you know talk about it with your family about camps and 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 push out your huddle film you know that's one thing that you have leverage on is you're still in the playoffs so you're obviously contributing somewhat so tweet out your huddle clips from your first or second postseason game 
and that still helps you with the recruiting side, but you need to be showing 100% commitment to your team and to coaches that are watching you on social media and your own coaches that, that hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to help my team win this week in playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And, and really, if your team is blessed to be able to play that far and deep into the playoffs, well, coaches like kickers that have had that pressure type of situation where they know a guy that's probably performed some kicks in their playoff push, played against some tough competitions. Uh, and, and so, you know, the other thing is while you're in season, man, you got to work on keeping your mind right as well. Because as you progress in the playoffs, you're playing harder teams, which means there's a good chance those games come down to a final field goal. Seen it happen a lot of times, and um, so you got to work on keeping your mind right. Also, keep your legs fresh. Like like Brian said, rep count's important. I'd encourage you guys to ice. You know, obviously it's in Minnesota, the Midwest. It's winter, snow's starting to come on the ground, so it's not fun to ice and then leave. But you got to keep those legs fresh. Yeah. I always tell I always tell specialists when I played college football at the University of St. Thomas, I always pulled my hip flexor because I think I just over punted. There really wasn't a recipe to keep your legs fresh. Nobody talked about it. My senior year, technically my super senior year, my, my fifth year, um, the one year I iced every day after practice. We even had a hot tub that I used. Never pulled any you know, hip flexors or anything like that. So um, it was a blessing to me. So I'd encourage anybody that, that they can just ice ice down now, if, even if you haven't done it yet. But you got to keep those legs fresh for the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, icing, it's crucial. I mean, it's proven to work, and, and you know, if you do it properly, it help, and on an ice bath, you, you need to make sure you get about three bags of ice from the gas station or from a grocery store or whatever, and don't put a ton of water in the bath. Make sure it's cold. Don't do it. Don't be just half on this. Like, actually get a cold ice bath and be in there for about 12 minutes, and you'll be fine. You should see uh, right about around your belly button all the way down your toes should be red. And you don't need to be longer any longer than 20, uh, 12 minutes in there. Um, but another another thing that's nice about being in these playoffs, guy uh, Chris, is these guys are playing talented players. So where do college coaches go? They go watch talented players. So even though some of these guys might be worried about these other kickers going to camps and all that stuff, just know that you may be in the quarterfinals, you may be in the semifinals, and you got five-star, four-star athletes on both sidelines so that attracts college coaches to come watch that game so you are actually in a better position if you kick well uh compared to guys that are not playing anymore um but let's let's reverse that and let's talk about chris the guys that are at home um, that are not playing sure so like I mentioned before, in Minnesota here, it's, it's already the state uh, semifinals. So really, like 80% of the teams are done by now. So I've been fielding a lot of text messages today, actually, and, and over the last week about what, what do I do now. And I mean, sometimes I just tell kickers, take a week or two off and just just relax. You know, you just had a huge summer grind. You had a fall grind. Just take a week or two to just get your body right and your mind right again. So that's kind of first step right there. Um, and if you're in C or if you're uh, like a junior and below, you obviously have a few more seasons. Uh, so, what I would encourage you guys to do then is then start working on off-season training. Um, could range anywhere from getting back to the grind with your local kicking coach. Um, just start f- refine-tuning your technique. You know, if you're a guy that's going to be coming a senior and you really want to kick off the ground. 
you start working on that transition in the off season because there'll be camps that you can go to where you can show your leg off and show that you're kicking off the ground already. Or even if you're a senior finishing up too, maybe you have that half inch block because it was better for the holder. You know, you can start working on that, that kicking off the ground aspect too, and then start getting some film out there. Um, Brian, why don't you talk a little bit about maybe what the college recruiting process is like for kickers in general? Just talk a little high level about that. Yeah. So, um, for seniors, do not panic, uh, specialists, because because look, these guys are these college coaches. You got to think, you know, they're vying for conference championships coming up, okay, and then potentially bowl games. So, if they're not answering your emails or answering your their Twitter, you know, your Twitter messages, do not panic if they're not contacting you. That's the biggest thing we got to deal with when we're trying to consult uh, senior kickers um, coming up. Understand that. December, January, February, March, and arguably April is the time frame that coaches will be um, evaluating, recruiting, and signing kickers, punters, and snappers. And, and really, in all honesty, February and March are probably the crucial months. Um, will we see some? Yeah, you're going to see a, a five-star on certain websites get, get offered and signed and all that on February, but just understand that Chris and I literally get hit up by college coaches now, or even before now, like earlier in the year, but for sure now, we've been getting hit up a bunch. Um, just recently, Oklahoma State called me asking for my JUCO guys, uh, my 2018 guys, and any senior grad transfers, that's one, all right, but there was, they're among many others, but they will talk to us from now all the way, and we, through June, we've even gotten coaches contact us in July. Hey, my guy just went down with an ACL. My guy doesn't have good grades. So just understand my biggest thing that I want to tell you guys is please do not panic if you do not have a college uh, recruiting you or offering you right now. Be patient. Start pushing out your huddle. You need to go to Google, type in college staff directory, Mississippi State, college staff directory, Valdosta State. You know, whatever division you want to look at, 2, 1A, 1, you know, just search those, find their emails, and be persistent. You know, at, at the camps that Chris and I coach, one coming up in December in Mississippi, you can sign up for that at teamjacksonkicking.com if you want. Um, but look, what we tell these guys and the parents at the camp, which we're telling you now, okay, these kids pay money to come to these camps, the parents do. We're telling you guys free on a podcast. The, the three P's that I have to tell everyone, all right, is persistence, being proactive, all right, and being patient, okay? If you have those three Ps ingrained in you mentally and in your heart and soul, and you just go and just grind over the next two months, you will get college coaches uh, reaching out to you. Chris and I do it on our accord, but there's a lot of coaches that want to see you do it. They want to see the, the kid actually put forth the effort and show interest in the school. Um, yeah. As far as official visits and all that, you're not going to get an official visit, an official visit, unless a school is hardcore recruiting you. Then they'll talk to you about an official visit. Yep. Last thing I just want to cover with that, guys, just don't get all caught up with social media and all that stuff. Um, if you look at the big picture or take a step back and kind of observe it, it's really kind of like the top ten best kickers or punters getting all the – all the, uh, the notoriety and things like that. And that's okay because there's plenty of colleges out there. And so 
it's when you see on social media that kicker ABC or kicker A gets offers from 10 different schools. Well, think about this, guys. That kid can only select one school. So when he selects whatever school that is, those nine other schools that were fighting for him now have to go to their B, C, and D, and maybe even E option for kickers. Great point. So, guys, just just be patient, you know, and don't get all hung up that one kicker's getting all the hoop, all the hoopla and all the, the offers and things like that. That guy's got a hard decision to make. But it, you might be, you might be fourth on their recruiting list, and they end up selecting you. And, and although maybe fourth doesn't sound as sexy and as nice, but hey, if they come back to you and say, hey, you know, we we have some interest in you. I mean, that's that's going to be great. So, um, and sometimes when the dust settles after signing day, that's that's when some things really pick up for you guys. So just be patient, like Brian said. Yeah, like my coin phrase. I've been saying this since you and I started doing camps together in 2012. All right, guys. You may get 99 no's, but all it takes is one yes to get you to, f- to fulfill your dreams. And literally, that's all it takes. It only took one for me. I had one offer to Ball State. Uh, my family and I did research on them for four days, committed to them, and, and went and on scholarship there for four years. You only need one offer, just one offer, okay? And you need to be open-minded, all right? Uh, one thing that um, we also need to talk about here, we only got a couple minutes left, is you younger guys, you younger guys, uh, I know we haven't really talked about you yet. You don't need to be focusing about getting to the ground right now, okay? If you're a freshman, sophomore, arguably a, a junior, you know, you don't, you know, you don't need to go to the ground right now, all right? You, you know, if you've been used to kicking bombs off of one inch, maybe debate with your kicking coach uh, to go out to the half inch, all right? Punters, you guys need to start working on your directional punting, okay? Because in the, co- in the college ranks, you either are rugby punting, or your directional punting. Uh, unless you just have a coach that doesn't know anything about special teams or just really believes in their coverage unit, it's going to be very hard to come by t- at the college level to just say, hey, punt the ball straight down the middle of the field. They want you to directionally punt. So guys, uh, punters, kickers, younger specialists, work on what you need to do to get better for this off season to get ready for camps and, and training. Sweet. Great advice, man. Well, guys, uh, we just want to thank you now for listening to our very first podcast. I had fun. How was it for you, Brian? This is this is fantastic. I I almost want to debate maybe in in a month we reevaluate maybe end up doing two podcasts a week. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and some of it, guys, is going to be based off of your feedback. If you liked what you heard, or if you want certain topics talked about, subscribe. You, yep. <laughs> subscribe to iTunes. We are so stoked that that uh, we were able to get on, on iTunes podcast actually in probably less than 12 hours, for sure under 24 hours. So great job, Brian, on now it took us, us up. It took us about two weeks of research and grinding to figure out that 12 hours. But, guys, just go on for, go on to iTunes and on your phone, find the podcast icon, app, whatever, right, and just search 4th Down Experience with the, with the number 4, 4th Down Experience, Subscribe to us. It'll give you a little notification. Hey, Coach Coach Hughesby and Coach Jackson's podcast. We're going to be giving one every Tuesday. Okay, so every Tuesday uh, we're going to have a very similar format to this. And then, you know, the more feedback we get from you guys on Instagram, Twitter, all right, Snapchat, text, let us know. Then, then we can start talking about what kind of other stuff we want to do down the road. Um, but follow us on our Twitter uh, at SpecialTeamsFB. Is Coach Husby and Team Jackson Kick is my Twitter. Our Instagram, uh, again, Special Teams FB, Team Jackson Kicking. 
and Chris Hughesby and Brian Jackson 20. Uh, but definitely follow Fourth Down Experience uh, because you know we are very tech savvy. We love interacting with specialists, and uh, we want to be able to provide you guys great value. And we hope that college coaches and uh, um, college specialists, professional specialists, uh, are listening. And if you guys want to be featured on this on this podcast, uh, hit up hit up on a DM and just ask us, and we'll definitely consider it. Chris, you got one thing you want to final out? Well, Brian, I'm just excited to hear what your week's going to be like, man. What's, what? Uh, what do you got plans? What kind of plans you got coming up, man? All right, so, uh, I mean, um, let's see, we're, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, so it's almost like more so I'm just trying to make sure I don't get even fatter than I am right now, man. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I just want to eat everything just because it got cold one time down here. So I'm just trying to, like, stay in shape, man, because when Thanksgiving comes, you know, you just want to gain, like, 500 pounds. So uh, one thing I'm looking forward to, it's actually going to be in about 10 days, is uh, we're going to go um, to Bratcher's Troy game. It's the last Troy University game. They're playing against Texas State. What about you? That sounds like fun. Well, uh, on our end... Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast here, we've started our off-season training this week, so um, we got a few more sessions here each week that we do. Um, we just got a new puppy uh, nice. last uh, Saturday. Never owned a dog in my life. What did you name her? Apple. Uh, Apple, bo- a, Apple Bottom? <laughs> Apple Bottom, yeah. <laughs> so, so this dog, it's a, um, it's a rescue dog from Kentucky, actually, and it's a little beagle hound mix so cute little dog it's about 13 14 weeks old but it's got a spot on its back with a little square at top kind of looks like an apple so we decided <laughs> to call it apple and partner we made jokes that we're calling it apple cinnamon and apple whatever and so parker our son thinks we're gonna call him apple cinnamon now <laughs> oh so, so it's at least apple nice. so figuring out how to train him and then um actually on friday it's my 10 year anniversary so my wife and i are uh-huh. um gonna go have a nice dinner and, and just kind of get away a little bit Saturday night and so uh, just watch can't believe you. it's been 10 years already it's crazy you know and you know that sometimes they say every year gets better you know everything's kind of a learning process so learned a lot of those 10 years and so uh, uh, so yeah we'll be celebrating 10 years that's awesome I mean it's it's you don't hear about that really much anymore these days you know and Guys, uh, just so you understand, I know there's high school specialists, and hopefully you're still watching and, and I mean, listening. Uh, our, our next few camps that we have, December 9-10, will be in Mississippi at Petal High School. All right? That's for high school, uh, middle school, high school, JUCO, kicker, punter, snappers. All right? If you want to get better, you want to get good film study, and you want to get some exposure and get signed and get offers, come to that camp. Up in the north, we're going to be January 12-13. Uh, all right, we're going to be up in Minnesota, near, um, up at St. Cloud State. Okay, we've been doing this camp for five years now. Uh, awesome camp. Sign up for that, specialteamsfootballacademy.com. Okay, uh, before that, actually, we're going to do a little mini camp. We're still working out the date in December, uh, maybe December 17th. 17th, I think. Yep, 17th uh, of December. We're going to do a little uh, mini camp training uh, that I'll be coming up, and up there that way to get those guys ready. Uh, for the January showcase and then in February all right we're looking at Orlando and Atlanta well for for sure Atlanta is dialed in February 10th Um, February 3rd uh, we're still talking with uh, Mark Lewis about an Orlando camp 
that's for sure uh, upcoming. We're going to have more added to um, a website that we'll be publicizing next week on the podcast. Uh, but hey, this was a great first podcast. We, we hope you guys are still listening. I know this is a long one, but this is our first one, and we know it'll get better. And we love to, we would love to hear your feedback and critiques. Uh, we take criticism well. It's okay if you want to let us know what we did, good, right, or indifferent. Um, but just follow us on our social channels. Please subscribe. Let us know uh, what you think. And, Chris, I think it's about time for the outro. That's right. And like always, guys, we do it for the brand. Yes, Pat McAfee Show. He's a legend. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.